Earlier this month, Wisconsin recorded its first tornado in the month of February. It happened in the town of Evansville, in south-central Wisconsin. Though all injuries were minor, at least 20 homes were significantly damaged or destroyed. WUWM Eric Von Fellow Nadia Kelly talks with Milwaukee-based National Weather Service meteorologist Tim Hallback about the February tornadoes and what they could tell us about Wisconsin winters in the future. Can you tell us about the tornadoes that hit Wisconsin earlier this month? Yeah, so we had a rare situation where we got tornadoes in February. Uh, The documentation that we have has never had a tornado occur in February in Wisconsin. The, The database before the 1980s isn't that great, but from what we've got for our records, there's never been a tornado that's happened. So like anything we've told people is... You can get any kind of weather any time of year if the conditions come together and uh, they're just right. So we had a a situation unfold where things got a little bit more perkier than we were expecting initially, at least. Uh, The sun came out, uh, things got pretty warm, and we had a pretty potent low-pressure system come through that spun up some storms and uh, created some tornadoes down in the southern part of the state. So, And these were legit tornadoes, not just kind of some brief two-minute, you have zero, hits a couple of tree branches type tornadoes, like life-changing tornadoes for some people that were in the path of particularly the EF2 tornado that went by Evansville um, going over towards Lake Koshkanog. So pretty rare event, uh, something that we had a lot of people ready to, to work on, uh, and they're paying attention to it that evening. In my nine years here, it's one of the, the stronger tornadoes we've had in southern Wisconsin. Um, but the biggest thing that I'll remember from it is just going door to door and talking with people. And every single person I talked to said they got the warning, they knew it was coming, and they were in their basement and in shelter when the tornado came through. So we were pretty lucky from that aspect that there weren't more injuries or fatalities that occurred from it. So we'll use this as a learning experience and, you know, things we can tell other people about being prepared and getting those warnings and then acting on them. So you say this is a pretty rare occurrence. Were you pretty surprised by the tornadoes? And just how unusual is it to see tornadoes here in the winter? Well, it's very unusual. One of the things that we typically have is snow cover. And when we have a snowpack, you're not going to get tornadoes when something like that is down. But We had our our week or two where it was actually winter in January and we got all the snow. But then over the last month or so, all that snowpack eroded, which then has made things a little bit easier to to be warmer now. If we did have the snowpack, we wouldn't have had the tornadoes that occurred. We would have had the system come through. We probably would have had like a rain or something like that, but probably not severe weather. So that's where, you know, the, the rareness of this comes in where, Things just came together, and when we talk about the long-term trends of weather and climate, it's hard to attribute climate change to just, did this event happen because climate change is, is happening? You can't, it's hard to do that, but one of the things that we've seen is that the more and more opportunities there are where there's not snowpack in the winter or things are just a little bit warmer, it increases the chances that something like that, when a weather system comes through, we've got you know, things in place that normally wouldn't be in place. So like the snowpack is a big thing. So regardless of that, just the weather system itself and getting a tornado that was an EF2 that was on the ground for 26 miles, like that's that's a really strong tornado 
compared to a lot of the different tornadoes we've had here over the past 10 to 15 years. I just want to sort of get at the conditions that made it possible for this tornado to happen. Could you explain what exactly causes a tornado? So the first thing is you need a thunderstorm. Well, you don't necessarily need a thunderstorm, but to get a thunderstorm, there's three main ingredients. There's uh, moisture. You need to have some moisture to make a cloud. The more moisture you have, the more clouds and rainfall you can make. Instability. So this is basically just how fast is air going into the cloud to make it bigger and bigger. So if you've ever sat uh, on in a field or a hill and just watched clouds build in the summertime, uh, that tends to be our most unstable time of the year. Um, so instability and then lift. So something to trigger the motion of the air starting to go up and make the thunderstorms. So those three are just for thunderstorms. When you have tornadoes, there's a fourth ingredient called wind shear, and that's just a measure of how the wind changes from the ground going up through the thunderstorm. So in the days where the wind changes a lot from just right near the ground, the wind speed and the direction, that's when you can have days where there's tornadoes. So, so the day of, the weather system coming through was about as expected, but we started clearing out quite a bit right out ahead of where that system was. So the sun was out for much of the day in southern Wisconsin, Iowa, where that system came through, which meant the temperatures were warmer, which when that happens, then your instability is higher. So once that happened, things were more potent than what they had kind of looked like a day or two before. So those were the things that came together, and it just happened to be at the end of the afternoon and early evening when um, those all came together and we were able to make a storm that produce the tornado. How strong were the tornadoes and how did it affect the Evansville area and its residents? There were two tornadoes. There was one that was an EF1 that was down in uh, Greene County by Judah, uh, Albany is what we've kind of called it. That one was an EF1 and then the the storm, there was a, a merger that happened with the storm and that's when it got stronger and we had an EF2 tornado that occurred from Evansville, I uh, went near Edgerton and then ended up going uh, kind of northwest of Lake Koshkanong in Jefferson County. So on the ground for about 26 miles. So when we're rating a tornado, it's based on the damage that, that occurs from it. So on that path of the EF2 tornado, we saw a lot of barns that were destroyed. Um, we had some houses that had the roof was missing on it. Um, so that's what we do after a tornado hits. We go out and we look at the damage. We go house to house, analyze every structure that got hit. And we also talk to the people that were there to, to hear what they had to say. You know, were you home? Did you get the warnings? Was everybody all right? You know, that kind of stuff. For this storm, almost everybody I talked to said, I got the warning on my phone. There was like maybe like a third of the people that went outside to look at it. Mm -hmm. uh, and see if they could see it. Most of the other people just went into their basement and uh, turned on the TV, started hearing what was coming their way. So what we found a lot of times is that people get, they look for a second confirming source of uh, information before they seek shelter or do something. So a lot of times people get the first warning and then they'll either turn on the TV, see what the TV meteorologists are saying, or they'll go out and try to look to see if they can see the tornado, which can be dangerous because sometimes you can't see the tornado. Um, 
for this one, the people saw it and knew that the threat was real, so they were in their basement. So thankfully, there, there was only one report of somebody being injured from this. I think they were in their car um, driving uh, when the tornado came through, and they were pushed into the ditch, um, or off the road at least, and uh, had to be transported. But um, the, that was mainly what we heard from a lot of people, is they got the warning and they were in their shelter, which is the actions we want to see. So what can Wisconsin's first February tornado tell us about how climate change is affecting where and when this type of weather tends to happen? Like I mentioned, it's hard to attribute one weather event happening because of climate change. Uh, For our our winter this year, it's been a little, it's been more so driven by uh, the El Nino pattern that's been out in the Pacific Ocean. um, And that's, that's affected the overall weather pattern, which has made it warmer here overall. But in terms of just... Climate change for Wisconsin, uh, a lot of it is dealing with the wintertime and how warm it is, um, or warmer. Uh, Obviously, we'll still have cold spells and things like that, but the frequency of being warmer um, will mean less snowpack um, and maybe a shortening of the the winter season a bit um, and just more potential reps for when these storm systems come through that the environments are more so there for maybe severe weather than, uh, you know, sometimes winter storms. So again, it, you know, it's hard to attribute one thing to just the climate change. But last year we had tornadoes in late March. Uh, the year before that, we had tornadoes in western Wisconsin in December. So for us, it's just a matter of, you know, we can get severe weather any time of year. So it's going to be important to be prepared for it, uh, even in the wintertime now. I guess when you think about tornadoes in Wisconsin, is there one um, that stands out in your memory? Well, for me personally, I grew up in Fond du Lac, uh, and I watched the Oakfield tornado occur, uh, which was just a few miles to myself. So that's, the in our database, the last F5 tornado that's happened in the state. Uh, that was July 1996 uh, that that tornado happened. That also was the last F4 level or higher tornado that's occurred. Went right through Oakfield, and uh, uh, that was one where a lot of people were lucky because they were at the Fond du Lac County Fair mm-hmm. that night, um, and a lot of people weren't in the city when that strong tornado, violent tornado, came through. So for me, that's that's the big one. Uh, ironically, uh, another one of the worst tornadoes that I've surveyed was the January 2007, I think it was, uh, the tornadoes that came through southeastern Wisconsin. I was actually working in the Chicago Weather Service office at that time, and the storm that went through southeastern Wisconsin actually started in northern Illinois, and that was a day where I was on the evening shift as a forecaster and um, left my house, and it was in the 60s and humid, and I'm like, this is this is not good. <laughs> we shouldn't be this warm uh, this time of year. So I, I got to work, walked in the door, and our the lead forecaster was putting out a tornado warning. And I thought, oh, so this is how today is going to start. Um, so then that was the first time I've gone out and surveyed tornadoes when there's still snowbanks around. Um, but that was probably the, the most impactful tornado that I've at least surveyed or, or been part of in, in my career. So this one uh, this, that just happened, uh, that'll stand out. That'll be top three <laughs> unless something else goes down in the rest of my career. What do you recommend Wisconsinites do to be prepared and stay safe? So the main thing we always tell people is have multiple ways to get warnings. The uh, Most people that I've ever talked to that have been in the path of a tornado got the warning first over their phone. 
the wireless emergency alerts that come over your phone are critical to, to be alerted to that. So if you get an alert on your phone, pay attention to it and then seek more information. I, I tell people to turn on the TV meteorologists that you like to pay attention to. Um, they can give you more play-by-play on what's happening and what the risk is for your area. Uh, we talk directly with the TV meteorologists through a, a chat uh, while severe weather is happening so we can relay information back and forth. And just the goal is to keep people aware of what's, what's happening there. So if you can do your TV stations a favor, don't call and complain that they're cutting in to the programming uh, during severe weather and instead thank them for helping people stay aware of what kind of uh, bad weather might be coming their way. Tim Halbeck is the Warning Coordination Meteorologist at the Milwaukee National Weather Service. He spoke with WUWM's Eric Vaughn fellow, Nadia Kelly. Did you know the largest collection of glass paperweights is in Wisconsin? Or that Wisconsin has one of the only condiment-centered museums in the country? We'll tell you about some of Wisconsin's most unusual museums in about 20 minutes. But first, we'll learn about the history of Milwaukee's Bronzeville neighborhood and what developments are happening there today. That's coming up next on Lake Effect on 89.7 WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR.